If you take resveratrol, how does resveratrol affect your metabolism? Especially your youthful metabolism that protects you from aging and helps your body to stay young. Today, we'll see Dr. David Sinclair and Dr. Ron Rosedale speak on three important yet unknown aging keys, which you can track with a simple blood test. Also today, we will discover how resveratrol affects, in different doses, three critical keys that keep your body younger for much longer. This will come from a terrific 2021 human study that gathered all known data for those three keys for health and youthfulness, comparing it for different resveratrol doses. And in this video, we'll do together an interpretation of this fascinating data, which will help you understand not only how resveratrol affects your body and your metabolism, but also which resveratrol dose is the right for you. If, of course, you want to stay young and live longer. This video is part of our investigation into resveratrol that started with this shocking discovery in Dr. David Sinclair's own study that showed that low resveratrol worked better for longevity than high resveratrol. It's been a complete shock to me as I've been taking one gram of resveratrol on alternate days for three years now. Since this discovery, I've gone over 200 studies on resveratrol and I'm here to tell you that this molecule is much more powerful and complex than I ever imagined. Today, we will continue in our investigation with another fascinating study answering the following questions. If you care about longevity, why would you care about insulin and blood sugar? And how taking resveratrol supplement affect this very important aspect of longevity that we have not touched yet in this investigation? It will give you a new insight into tracking your own longevity. Another question that is even more important, head to head. How different doses of resveratrol affect that aspect of longevity in humans? Let's continue with our investigation right now. Welcome to the Wellness Messiah podcast. I'm your host, Riman. So far in our investigation, we have found that in both Dr. David Sinclair's studies, low-dose resveratrol worked better for longevity than high-dose resveratrol. This was further supported by another my study two years later, showing that as little as 28 milligrams of resveratrol activated longevity genes in mice. We also have seen that in humans, very low-dose resveratrol in red wine with other red wine polyphenols was sufficient to activate longevity genes and pathways. This result was repeated and confirmed in an additional study. Also, the red wine with low-dose resveratrol was enough to increase 7% the average lifespan in fruit flies. And we also have seen in human cells that low-dose resveratrol was enough to elicit a longevity response by reducing sugar levels inside the cell. So you see, this molecule seems to be much more powerful than we ever imagined, triggering all those longevity responses in a surprisingly low doses. So together we can say that low resveratrol, low dose resveratrol, increased longevity in humans, animals, and insects, suggesting that what we have discovered in Dr. David Sinclair's study is spot on. But then you may ask, if low resveratrol works so well, if we take more, maybe we will achieve better benefits, better results for longevity. Great question. For that, ideally, we need to search for a study that compared different doses of resveratrol in humans. But we only want to target now resveratrol alone, without the other polyphenols. Do we have such a study? The perfect study for us would examine four parameters. One is going to examine resveratrol as a lone supplement, without its polyphenol friends like in red wine. The second thing is that we need the study to be done in humans. And we need massive amount of data. We don't need just 12 subjects. We need hundreds or thousands of subjects. 
The third thing that we really need is to compare different doses of resveratrol. Now, if you ask me, I would rather have the lowest group between 50 milligrams to 100, 120 milligrams comparing to higher groups like what Dr. David Sinclair takes, gram or less. And the fourth parameter I want here is a study that measures longevity pathways in genes. And if possible, we're going to cover another aspect of longevity that weren't measured in the previous studies. Two of these longevity pathways, which we have not examined yet for resveratrol impact, are insulin and blood sugar. You probably know that sugar level is important, but what about insulin? Insulin is a hormone, and both insulin and sugar levels affect our healthy metabolism. They also affect our chances to develop diabetes, one of the largest three killers in our society. So certainly you agree that low blood sugar and low insulin are very important for health. But why do we care about blood sugar and insulin for longevity? Why is it that having elevated blood sugar, glucose, and insulin ages us more quickly? The group of genes that I work on are called sirtuins. There's seven of them. And we showed in 2005 uh, in a science paper that if you have low levels of insulin and another molecule called insulin-like growth factor, those low levels turn on the longevity genes. One of them that's really important is called SIRT1. And, but by having high levels of insulin all day, being fed means your longevity genes are not switched on. So you're falling apart, your epigenome, your information that keeps your cells functioning over time just degrades quicker. Your, your clock is ticking faster by always being fed. There's plenty of other reasons as well that are not as profound, such as um, having low levels of glucose in your body will trigger your major muscles in your brain to become more uh, sensitive to insulin and suck the glucose out of your bloodstream, which is very good. You don't want to have glucose flowing around too much. And that will ward off type 2 diabetes. I want to show you what Dr. Ron Rosedale says about blood sugar and insulin. Dr. Ron Rosedale is a worldwide expert on insulin, sugar, and aging. Let's see what he says in his presentation in front of hundreds of doctors. Now, here we spoke about centenarian studies. He asked, why do centenarians become centenarians? Why are they so lucky? What are the commonalities of centenarians? I'm quoting from him. What researchers are finding from these major centenarian studies is that there is hardly anything in common among these people. However, they all have relatively low sugar for their age, and they all have relatively low insulin. He also said, in humans, the rate of mortality doubles every eight years. We found in animal studies that the rate of aging can be largely controlled by insulin. So insulin and blood sugar matter. And when I say blood sugar, I spoke both about fasting blood sugar in the morning and also A1C, the average blood sugar in the last three to four months, as I explained. Both represent blood sugar levels. Now that we understood the importance of insulin in blood sugar for healthy metabolism and for controlling our rate of aging and our longevity, let's get back to our investigation. So we were looking for a large human study that tested different doses of resveratrol against aging parameters such as blood sugar and insulin. This way we can see if higher doses of resveratrol give us better results. This could possibly explain why Dr. David Sinclair takes one gram per day. Do we have such a study? In 2019, when I delved into resveratrol, I haven't found such a study. But luckily, 2021 came. And with it, a new human study that is close to what we want. Not perfect, but close. 
This human study was a review study that included many, many other studies on resveratrol. In fact, all the known knowledge that we have on this supplement in human in different doses. Let's see what we can uncover from that study. The name of the study is Hypoglycemic Effect of Resveratrol, a Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis. Before we delve into the study, let's talk about the strengths and the weaknesses of the study. One of the biggest strengths that we have is in updated data. It's a study from 2021, and it looks backwards, exactly what we need. The second is, they have a massive amount of data in humans, and they filtered this data very properly. They filtered the 30 best resveratrol studies out of the 1,200 studies in humans. The third thing that I really like about this study is that they use resveratrol as a lone supplement. If resveratrol was included with other supplements, they discarded the study. So that's very good for our investigation, to separate the effect of other polyphenols from the one of resveratrol. The fourth thing they did, they compared different doses of resveratrol, exactly what we need. However, the weakness here is that the lowest group was below 500 milligrams. They used three groups, below 500, between 500 to 1000, and one gram and up. Ideally, as I said, I would much rather have a group that has between 50 milligrams to 120 milligrams. But this is as close as we can get, folks, that we're going to use what we have. And the fifth, very important thing they did here, they examined two longevity markers that we haven't touched yet. Insulin and blood sugar. That includes fasting blood sugar, the one that you wake up with. And the second is A1C, which is the average blood sugar in the last three, four months. That's not bad at all, because this is another aspect of longevity that we did not cover today. One of the weaknesses of this study that they mainly revolved around ill people. That's where the money goes, folks, not for longevity. Let's see what they found in the study after analyzing all the human data on that subject to this point. Hypoglycemic effect of resveratrol, a systematic review and meta-analysis. The first finding is resveratrol dose in humans, fasting blood sugar. They found the greatest reduction in blood sugar took place under one gram of resveratrol. When you go over one gram, suddenly you lose the benefits. However, it's not statistically significant. But we do have the first clue that one gram or less is sufficient to reduce glucose. And there is no big difference between the over 500 to less to 500 per day. Let's go to the second study findings. Resveratrol dose in humans in three to four months blood sugar levels, A1C. So what we see here is that less than 500 milligrams per day works for the average blood sugar for A1C. So we know that less than half a gram works for longevity. The other two groups were not statistically significant, so I don't want to touch them, but we do have confidence that less than 500 is sufficient to improve A1C. And to me, A1C gives us a much broader view of glucose levels. This is why I think it's even more important biomarker and we know it works for less than 500 milligrams. The third finding of the study has to do with resveratrol dose in humans on insulin levels. To me, this could be the most important biomarkers of aging this study has examined. So let's see what they found here. Less than 500 milligrams per day, the lower dose of resveratrol actually lowered insulin the most. This is great. You want your insulin levels to be as low as possible, which activates longevity. And both the lower dose and the highest dose were statistically significant. The weakest result achieved between the 500 to 1 gram per day, but it was statistically not completely significant. So we have less certainty about this result. The bottom line is this. The largest improvement and statistically significant in insulin took place under 500 milligrams resveratrol per day. Even more interesting that actually 
insulin improved more with younger, possibly healthier people. This is more relevant to us. So the people who were younger as indication of health, remember those people were sick, most of them had the best improvement in insulin. Now there is another insight from this study that you can use to implement in your lifestyle and also to manage your expectations from certain supplements, especially with Veratrol. Let's see what they found. They compare results in studies that took less than three months versus studies that took resveratrol over three months. And both in insulin and A1C, you can see that the people continue to improve when resveratrol was used over three months. And most of these results were statistically significant. So what are the insights from this study? The first one is that resveratrol reveals its benefit in the long term. This is important when dealing with contradiction in studies. It's also important for our expectations from resveratrol. And it really makes sense when you think about it. Aging is a long process. The longest process that happens to us every day. So how can we expect to judge resveratrol, a longevity supplement, in a short period of time? It's not fair. You can actually apply this principle to any longevity supplement because at the end of the day, we are targeting a process that is very slow. So we need to look at a long range of time for these supplements. Another interesting cause for conflict in studies in resveratrol is measuring A, Y, and C, the average blood glucose for three to four months, and taking resveratrol for less than three months. That doesn't make any sense. Yet I've seen studies over and over concluding that A1C wasn't improved by resveratrol. So I want you to see how we have to interpret studies correctly to reach the right conclusions. Interpretation of data means everything. The third insight that we can take from this study is that it seems that lower resveratrol seem to work better for insulin and for blood sugar. My interpretation is that the lowest resveratrol group achieved the best result and the most certain result both in blood sugar and insulin. And they took less than 500, half a gram per day. And also remember that the lower dose resveratrol in this study was pretty high, less than half a gram per day. And let me remind you that today I showed you a study that showed that taking human cells, pancreatic cells, and expose them to sugar and resveratrol, and resveratrol at a very low doses still reduces sugar. So who knows at what level would we achieve the best benefits with insulin, blood sugar, and resveratrol. We can say that this study that took different doses of resveratrol and measured the impact on insulin and blood sugar also corroborated what we found in Dr. David Sinclair's study. Low resveratrol is sufficient to achieve the impact that we want. And high resveratrol isn't better than low resveratrol. And we found inconsistent results with high resveratrol for insulin and blood sugar. In conclusion, what have we seen so far? We know that low levels of resveratrol activating longevity in humans and animals. And we know that resveratrol increases the average lifespan both in animals, mice, and insects. We also have seen that lower than half a gram of resveratrol improves blood sugar and insulin in humans, in addition to longevity markers both tested in the wine studies. And wine has very low levels of resveratrol. Now we are moving to the really interesting part. Are you ready for this? So we know that low resveratrol works better for longevity than high levels of resveratrol. But why? 
If in Dr. David Sinclair's study, the small dose resveratrol lived longer in both groups, why this sudden change of impact when going high in resveratrol? It seems that something changes when we go up in the dose. This is a time to expose the dirty secrets of this longevity molecule. In fact, I think that these secrets are kept very well within this polyphenol entire family. Ready for this? Pay attention carefully. This is not the complete video, and it has been taking me so long to record this. And now I've been going over 200 studies to complete this video. Now in the meantime, until the video is gonna be published, I've got a deluge of emails and I didn't want to keep you hanging. So this is the first food for thought. It will help you to digest the rest of the story when you see it. In the complete version, coming soon, I'll take you through my investigation connecting dot after dot after dot. And every dot will give you another astonishing insight, not only about resveratrol, but also about red wine, olive oil, fisetine, conflict of studies in resveratrol, senescent cells, and more and more. And I must thank Dr. Davis DeClaire because if it wasn't for him, we would never have had this amount of data to analyze and think about. We don't have that privilege with other supplements in longevity, you should know that. So thank you, Dr. Sinclair, for that. And it's a great opportunity to say thank you so much and how grateful I am for everyone who contributes to my channel via Patreon. The trust you put in me, and with your help, and the energy boost that you give me, you keep me sharp to produce the best videos on this channel. And because of that, I want to do a special thing for you. And I'll release this video to you via Patreon system before anyone else and it's without ads. You'll get notification from me directly, but of course, a week later, everyone is gonna see the entire thing for free. Until I got this recorded, stay healthy, stay young, and see you in the next video where we uncover the mind-blowing secrets of resveratrol and its polyphenol family.